Puya Kasha, bro, kamusta? Bago ako mag-PlayStation. PlayStation tapos na natin to. Bago ako mag-Judis ako mag-PlayStation. Bago ako mag-FIFA. Pag-usapan natin itong ating mahal na Pangulo, si Ferdinand Marcus Jr., always known as PBBM. You are, I think, the first one who kind of said, if you really look at it for a moment, forget about his name and everything. He's quite a normal Filipino president, right? In many ways, he's quite a normal guy. Can you can you expound on that? And in what sense is that good or bad or potentially ugly or not? You know, talk about Oh, so so plug ko lang. Um, one of my favorite actually publications, undergrad pa lang, binabasa ko na current history. Binabasa ko yun as a debater. Ang matagal ko nang wish actually na mapublish sa current history. Hindi ako maasa mapublish sa foreign affairs kagaya mo Richard masyado at ang masyadong matayog na pangarapan. Vlogger na ho, vlogger na. Pang Richard Hidarian lang yung foreign affairs. Pero current history enough na for beyond. So happy ako na na-publish ako sa isa sa mga favorite kong journal. Um so uh ano uh yung argument that I made there is an argument na actually na pag-usapan na natin before na yung pagtakbo ni Bongbong was disruptive because he was tapping into Duterte, he was tapping into the into the memory of his father, which is of course a controversial and disruptive memory. Pero yung governance niya is very diff- different from the way he ran. So si Duterte, actually, the way he ran, disruptive. The way he governed, disruptive. Si Bongbong, disruptive campaign, normal governance. And by 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 normal, I, I don't mean I'm super impressed. I just mean that he is not that different from his other unremarkable predecessors from, say, Corazon Aquino until Benigno Aquino III. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, napaka-telling for me na it's not just us who are arriving, people like me who are arriving at this conclusion, but also people who, you know, hate, who hate Noy Noy. I kind of like Noy Noy. Um, Rigoberto Tiglao arrived at the conclusion that uh, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is Benigno Aquino, the third, the, se- the second version of Benigno Aquino. Which is, uh, which, is kind of, which is which is kind of cheeky and not entirely accurate, but there is a point there because he is he is normal in, in, in certain respects in a way that's very similar to Noy Noy. Parang, uh, trust the US, defend, defend the Philippines in the South China Sea, trust your economic managers, don't put in disruptive economic managers there, diba? I mean, yung appointment of Eli Remolona was like the most responsible, most vanilla, but also most competent central banker you can find there. That's really, that's really a sign that vanilla he does is not... Vanilla is bad, yeah. Yeah, that, that he does not want to be disruptive at all, diba? And um, the most disruptive, what's the most disruptive thing he's done? Maybe maybe Maharlika, but as we said before, you know, Maharlika is a is a bit of a nothing burger in the in the greater scheme of things. So, so you know, argument called the son of one of the world's most klepto, kleptocratic dictators, and for someone who ran um as a continuity candidate with a mass murderer, this guy's kind of normal. Yeah. Um, I want to of course transition to opposition because I want to end our our discussion for this week here. Um, and as you know, I'm kind of thinking, I think it's time to talk about the kind of a manifesto for opposition. So now that you have this another plot twist in Philippine politics, right? So the plot twist was actually not the return of Marcos's. The plot twist was the normality so far of Marcos Jr.'s administration, I would say. This is the more plot twist. But having said that, 
if things could shift this far in such a short time, it could also go the other way, right? It's a pendulum. So I always say there should be no room for complacency. I think many people are getting overexcited that Bong Bong is much more open to, to uh, you know, people from other camps, maraming so-called dilawa na inandun na sa loob ng administration or they have some level of communications, etc. Or maraming dilawa na kinakausap na pailalim, di ba? Na hindi, hindi, hindi inilalantad, pero na dyan. Yeah, and there, because there's like shared interest on West Philippine Sea, Uh, I know for a fact that you know people who were uh, very invested in the arbitration award, etc. Some of them are quite happy about the direction of the country, even though like, oh, but this is Marcus Jr. So it's kind of weird, but still. So, so anong masabi in public, di ba? Pero uh, audience, our audience, uh, trust us on this. Ang daming dilawan na kausap jan. Yeah. Ang daming, di ba? Richard, di ba? Na, mga dilawa na baka may hiya kung na-expose na kinakausap sila pero bro, andyan sila, kinakausap sila Correct Now, having said that Lele, maybe this is where I want to end this episode because I mean, if anyone bothered to look at yung mga analysis natin, especially about domestic politics and a lot of our international analysis is not just to say na marami tayong alam sa buhay, it's because we want to make being Filipino in the 21st century as cosmopolitan as it used to be during the results time, but also to draw best lessons from around the world, including democratic mobilization, including how to be the best version of opposition. If, if, if Lelo, in a, in a moment of brazen presumptuousness, right? If you and I were to sit down and say, pag-usapan natin a kind of a mini manifesto for the Philippine opposition, having known everything, not because we're pro-opposition per se, but because... Uh, we want a better democracy. You cannot have a real democracy if you don't have a real opposition, right? Second year of BBM, all the plot twists, all the global developments, all of these variables you and I have been taking in consideration. If there were to be a manifesto or kind of a skeletal manifesto, what do you think should be the elements there, Lelo? Sorry if I'm putting you on on, on, on the under the spotlight, but but I just think we have to more openly discuss these things eh? because at least in Magalang may manifesto na rin siya just the other day for you know mayors for good governance. And I think in fairness to Magalang, you can you know say criticize his uh, mayor's uh, event because like oh, my bang mayor jan di naman masadong good governance. Or you could say bakit wala yung mga Vico Soto types. Or I mean you could make an argument, but in fairness to the guy, he's at least in a Rosa Luxembourg way, right? You cannot wait for the revolution to happen. You have to create the conditions, including the failures that will pave the way for the real revolutions to come. So, my paka Rosa Luxembourg level to that, diba? So, in that sense, what do you think should be the key elements for the opposition? What are the lessons we should learn from all of the plot twists and ups and downs and also the opportunities that a normal BBM is presenting so far? Wow, ang, ang hirap nun. Uh... Sorry, talaga, next to apologize. No, You know me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna foreground economy, of course. Economy pinaka importante talaga para sa opposition. And the opposition really needs to outline a new vision for what the economy should be. Yes. yes. Um, ang pinaka malaki ko talagang problema sa Lenny campaign is essentially ang sabi lang, uh, hindi ko talaga makalimutan to, yung, yung ad ni Lenny where she goes. Pag mali, uh, ang economic program ko, pag malinis ang gobyerno, papasok ang investment. Right. That's so passive. So what essentially she's saying is, magmumuka, dahil mabait ako, dahil malinis ako, darating yung investors. That's not how you encourage investors just, ay, mabait ako, dumating kayo. That's essentially what she's saying. Mabait ako dahil China, <laughs> Vietnam, <laughs> corruption. Like, yeah. um, how do you attract investors? Well, um, I, I suggest really people, basahin nyo talaga yung mga columns ni uh, 
Professor Raul Fabella. Business world. Medyo mahirap basahin si Sir Raul dahil not only is he an, is he an economist um, and mahi, may, medyo technical yung economics, Just he's also sure. a literary man. So it's like dense economic theory pero may literary allusions and may literary flair. So you have to know your literature uh, and you have to know your economics. But it's very rewarding reading Fabella. So because his ideas are ideas that are not commonly accepted. So for example, Fabella has been tracing recently just a column sa last like yesterday like nagbinakrid ko lang lahat ng Fabella columns eh. He's been tracing yung yung export growth ng Vietnam. Um and I, I and I said like very clear nga talaga na may export growth yung Vietnam. Then naglalakad ako dito sa street namin, sa main street namin, and there's a showroom for VinFast. Vietnamese cars on my on, on our main yeah. street. I'm on 7th street so that that means fantastic IPO the other week. Yeah. Fantastic IPO like wow, big time. Yeah. And who's writing about that in the Philippines? Why 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 yeah. Vietnam has become export oriented? Nobody uh, except for Fabella. And yeah. you know Fabella's obsession of is of course weakening fantastic. the currency. Yeah. Weakening the currency and sending a market signal that we will be open for exporters. Now, what Fabella's so so this is just one idea of a really you know out of the box idea. Ang ang idea ni Fabella is a is a column called Who's Afraid of a Weak Peso? Is that the way you the what you do is you not only weaken the peso, you weaken it substantially. There may import bias. And you weakened it in a sustained fashion. Because if it's not sustained, sasabihin lang ng investors, ay hindi naman seryoso yung Pilipinas about encouraging exports eh. Two months lang naman magiging weak yung peso. We can't work with just two months of the peso being weak if the central bank is sending a message that it's going to defend it in the long run. So kailangan sustained parang Vietnam. And so so and and, and we've never had that, di ba? And uh, if you look at yung Vietnam, ang laki ng trade surplus nila ever since, I was just looking at it, ang laki ng trade surplus sila ever since I depreciate. And you know, kaya pa eh. Kasi a lot of people were saying, diba, the era of you know depreciations to boost exports are over. Diba? Over na yan. Ginawa yan ng, ng Korea at ng Taiwan noong 80s. Hindi na ganun yung mundo ngayon. Wala nang export-oriented industrialization ngayon. Lalo na since service sector yung Pilipinas. Eh, tingnan mo yung Vietnam. It just did it in the last 10 years. Diba? May VinFast ka ng... May, may VinFast ka ng... Kaya pa. Kaya pa. Hindi pa tayo napag-iwanan in that sense. At oligarch yung gumawa nun. Uh, I mean, oh. the guy behind is the real I was talking to a Viet- Vietnamese uh, specialist. Yung Vin daw is parang, I guess... Uh, the closest analog is they're, they're just like the biggest company in Vietnam. So parang SM siguro na. They're the SM Ayalas of our country and and, and yet uh-huh. none of our Ayalas or SMs have created anything close to what we see, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of our oligarchs are, I mean, uh, uh, maybe Ayalas should not be in the same category to be fair to them. But uh, let's just talk about billionaires, right? Big businesses, conglomerates. None of them invested in this manufacturing. And I remember I actually wrote something about VinFast just a few months ago when I was in Vietnam. How many were skeptical about this. It's not doing well. But look at it. They persisted. They opened that showroom na gorgeous, posh next year place. They did an IPO. The guy jumped into top 40 richest men in the world hmm. out of nowhere. And now they're going to be an EV powerhouse. No? And you know who told me about this? Germans kept on telling hmm. me how fast is an interesting one. Vietnamese themselves, they want Tesla, just to be clear. But <laughs> Germans are watching Vietnam are very impressed because they're my contact, my friends in Vietnam, a lot of them. And and they know their stuff, the German, because I think VinFast also has plans not too far from where BMWs of this world are being made, no? Uh, in Bavaria. You know, 
So, speaking of Pride, Richard, di ba sa previous episode, pinag-usapan natin, Pride seeing Filipinos uh, abroad. We should also ano, invest in the kind of pride you feel when you're walking around the United States and you see a Filipino product. You're or, walking around Japan and you see a Filipino car. Di ba? Parang may pride din dun eh. And we have actually denied ourselves that, that, that pride. I would say since the 1950s. We've denied ourselves that pride. And we deserve it, man. We, we, we fucking deserve it. Yeah, I mean, hindi naman pwedeng ang tando ay nebra yung mga ganyan lang, di ba? Oh, don't papa. Oh, I'm proud of, having said that, napaproud pa, konti lang yan, pero I'm proud of these guys, di ba? Don't okay, papa. I love Jollibee. Okay, I'll go with the Jollibee one. Nakaka-proud, nakaka-proud. But we deserve, we deserve to be proud of our fucking tradables. Really, I'm serious. Ako, Jollibee guy ako. So, tayo yung tando ay yung ano, hinebra, whatever. Ako, San Miguel. Um, I'm just saying we can do this, and 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 I'm just, I'm just shocked by the lack of prioritization. But of course, in Vietnam, we know. So get it So essentially, the first thing you're saying is that we should tone down. I mean, it's important to be clean and not corrupt, but we should not forget the more important thing, which is proactive industrial and trade policy. Right? Mm-hmm. Stop industrial policy because there in the United States, the cradle of new liberalism, openly industrial policy is the language. Oh. Of Right? And they're using that word, bro. They're using yeah. that word. Industrial is the new cool. Exactly. And not only in China, not only in Vietnam. In the United States, the Biden administration, Jake Sullivan keeps on talking about it. Right and left, right and left. All of these fights with China are over. So, so I'm, I'm shocked na ang Pilipinas na nakakopias dun sa neoliberalismo ng Amerikan, hindi humahabol. And in fact, Lele, just to tell you, our episodes about how technocrats ruined the Philippines is one of our oh. best doing episodes. Oh. Actually, oh. and dami na to because it's so outside the box. Ayo nga no, hindi lang mga trapos ang pinagsisisiin, di ba? It's actually the technocrats who run the day-to-day business. It's not like Digong was doing anything about our trade industrial policy oh. or era. Maybe Arroyo a bit, but I doubt most of our presidents, right? Even Marcos, I doubt. Marcos Sr., of, of course, including. Um, So I like this. Yes. So the first one is uh, uh, let don't me, moralize let me, economics. Don't moralize economics. Uh, tanong ako, but let me just add to that. Tingnan mo si, tingnan mo yung performance si Bongbong economically this year. Um, What he's done is he's tried to tame inflation um, via a central bank and a central bank governor that's quite aggressive in terms of rates. And at the same time, bumagal yung economic growth as a result of that. Pero the main reason bakit bumagal yung economic growth, uh, according to many economists, is bumaba ang government spending. Hindi gumagalaw. Um, that is something that um finance secretary, that Benjamin Giochno used to call criminally underspending. But he wasn't applying that criticism to Marcos. He was applying that criticism to Noy Noy Aquino. Aquino. So if you look at if you look at yung stumble ni Marcos economically ngayon, it looks like an Aquino stumble. It actually does look like an Aquino stumble. So if Noy Noy is if Marcos is behaving like Noy Noy economically, the opposition should not behave like Noy Noy economically anymore. And ang dilawan ng ang dilawan nga ng economic ng ng economic moves eh. So hindi nga pwedeng hindi hindi na pwedeng dilawan. Something more I'll, aggressive. I'll push, I'll push back against that Leloy because my argument there was grabe naman yung na-inherit na sa natin kay Digong. Grabe yung debt expansion, grabe yung sabog na economy na legacy natin. So I think what Marcos has been trying to do in his first year, so, you know, con- yes, there's the Intel fund, Confidential fund, Maharlika fund, all those problematic funds, sure. But I think overall, he wanted to signal that it's going to be much more macro-prudential. So I think hey, macro-prudential. macro-prudential, noy noy. Well, exactly. So tiglaw nga. Noy noy. Tiglaw, Aquino oh. 2.0, right? 
in the same way that Pinoy was correcting the signaling problem from Arroyo, it looks like Marcos is doing the same thing to Duterte. That's my sense, huh? in terms of policy signaling game that they're playing. But you're absolutely right. They cannot do this forever. Although some of our friends uh, from the opposition have all ways of parsing uh, you know, out the... No, but you know, on, on the surface, Philippines and India will be the two fastest growing major economies of Asia. Which is great, but at the same time, of course, let's not forget they had the worst recession also in 2020 in Asia. So it kind of just cancels out. But but clearly, Marcos Jr. is not doing catastrophically out of the curve, right? So in that sense, his macroeconomics and his record in macroeconomics is more normal, as you correctly pointed out. Oh, no, 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 normal, which is not bad, diba? I mean, magaling naman ang macroeconomic managers natin. Not eh. bad, but and not great, right? Oh, oh, you're saying, oh. We can be great. Yeah, we can yeah. be great. We so that's one. That's one. Na parang, Let's not over obsess about. Let's watch it out, sure. But let's not over obsess about Maharlika Intel Confidential Fund. Those are important. But the even bigger issue there is getting industrial and trade policy right, so that we can become the next Vietnam. Right? I hate saying that because we were supposed to be way ahead of Vietnam. By oh yes, oh yes. But oh. the reality now is Vietnam is getting all of the top quality investments. Samsung, Apple. Now they have their own brand of cars. Who knows what's next, right? So we need to be part of a Vietnam plus one or Taiwan plus one strategy, whereby some of the investments in this country also move to the Philippines because those countries also have their problems. Taiwan could be invaded. Vietnam is increasingly corrupt and has political crisis itself uh, and has problems with China. So that's one thing. And I think I completely agree with you. And I I, I think I'll be very confident if there's, there were a manifesto with that, I'm going to sign it 100% because this is my stance also for a very long time. So let's ikaw, more, okay. more strategize. Number two, coalition building rather than cancel culture. Boom. Mm. Boom. First is mm. less moralizing, more strategizing, economically speaking. Second, less cancel culture, more coalition building. That will be my item number two in a manifesto for the opposition. What the, so what I think Magalong doing is now is interesting. Again, huh? I'm not here endorsing the guy, but I think the fact that he said, Wait, bago, muna, bago tayo mag-humusga ng itong mayor ay medyo kurakot. Itong Let's build muna a movement. Let's try to work with different people from Luzon to Mindanao, literally, no? And and from there, let's let's see where we go, no? Kasi kung tipong, ay, ito medyo trapo, ito semi-trapo. I mean, yung meron kang gradation systems, hindi talaga magte-take off yan. Especially when you're coming from a position of weakness, which is where the progressive opposition is in the Philippines. In short, I mean, if they say beggars cannot choose, I would say opposition cannot be choosy also. In a sense that uh, you be, have to build coalition, but obviously you have to have a uh, negative list. I mean, you know, sinong talagang dapat you don't work with, right? Mga talagang no way. But there are a lot of gray areas that we have to work. Uh, and 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 for me, sana the coalition building doesn't start two months before declaration of presidential candidates. It starts two, three, four years before that happening. I, I hope at one day we'll have things that even countries like Argentina have, which is some sort of primary, right? Hindi lang sa US. But yung mga ibang third world country, may primaries na rin sila. Turkey also had the primary before uh, their 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 opposition candidate was chosen against Erdogan. And it came very close, 48 to 52 49 almost to 51%, right? So that helps with coalition building. It's difficult, but it's necessary. Ikaw, what do you say about the coalition building? Because the joke, oh. you get two Filipinos, you get three organizations out of them. You, know, you want something like that? I'd say, I'd say before I comment on that, nakikita nyo dun, dito sa ina-outline natin, that the, the ideas are actually already there. It's not as if ini-invento natin to The ideas and the inspirations are already there. So, I mean, yun sa point one ko, sabi ko, basahin nyo si Professor Raul Favella. 
sabi mo, tignan nyo si Magalong. There are people we can listen to and these are people who are not necessarily affiliated with Marcos or or the Dilawans, diba? Actually, mga independent thinkers, so yeah, we, we, should from, we should draw from their their energy kasi yung kanilang hated, 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 hated rock, ha? Oh, sorry, nagulo na ako. Heterodox. Heterodox thinking uh, uh, is is something that we can take inspiration from. So, so yeah. Um and, and and I completely agree. Um we've talked about cancel culture, um political cancel culture here a lot, 'di ba? Ito yung mga taong for example na mer- ikaw yung nagsabi sa akin nito, 'di ba? Hanggang ngayon may mga taong hindi pa rin pinapatawad si Grace Po for running against for oh, running yeah, against. Oh, yeah, Grace Po hated. Oh, yung mga ganyan pa. Yeah, hanggang hindi ba? Give up niyo na yan kasi meron naman I think you know like for example, I think there are quote-unquote, mainstream politicians or some people would even say trapo politicians na you can actually work with uh, on occasion and kind of create, make them make them part of a new opposition discourse kahit hindi sila necessarily opposition. They have, you know, Grace can be part of that. The Be Nice, for example. Idol like no, si Idol Rafi. Oh. Rafi, yung ganyan, di ba? Yung ganyan na parang, okay, maybe hindi sila opposition. Maybe you're not working with them all the time. But you, you, coordinate with them you work with them and you talk to their supporters i think that that's definitely part of the the vision that you're sketching here and and the third element for me more compassion less judgment i think this is very important this is very important by the way bro i didn't prepare any of this it's just coming naturally uh, right it's not hmm. like i'm reading it you could say it's, it's just compassion See, don't judge five, five ako. May five, may five ako after that but oh don't worry ahead. Three pa lang tayo. So we need one more para maging five yan. No, we we need a five-point agenda. Ano ba tayo ngayon? Ano ba tayo? Aggressive, aggressive industri- new aggressive industrial okay. policy. Um, more coalition building. Coalition building. Culture. And then third, and then, for more compassion than judgment. These are the voters. Voters. Okay. Because and dami ko nakita na uh, they're voting for the BBMs or the Duterte's of the world just because bin- nabastosan sila by some supposed Dilawan or Pink Lawan or whatever like that. And 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 when you sh- when you show some level of openness and understanding and all, it can go a long way, not only in terms of politics, but also in terms of human relations and in terms of humility and learning, right? So we have to learn to... And, and I, I know this is going to sound strange coming from me, but we have to learn to listen more <laughs> than, than talking at people. And then, like, of course, I'm telling that to myself, but at least no one can question my compassion because anyone who knows me, they know I never judge, especially when it comes to our our less privileged now uh, who don't have education you and I have had. Kahit sa, kahit, even, even if we get super yabang at times, kahit yung kayabangan natin galing dito sa puso. Gilas, para sa Pilipinas. Okay, gilas, purong puso. Number four, ano bro? Go for it. Reality. Belief in reality. Belief in reality. And uh, reality check or like you know living reality meaning 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 kung may conspiracy theories yung kabila it is our obligation to not reproduce ah! <laughs> Google Trends uh, in the house we need to be anchored in reality so so self awareness so self awareness self awareness oh self awareness uh, yeah 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 self awareness um don't don't deceive yourself diba so yung yung classic yung classic ano Gramscian prescription of optimism uh, uh, optimism of uh, pessimism of the intellect optimism of the will kasi yeah, exactly. yung, yung utak mo um, is very clear na you know when things don't go your way kailan kaya mo tanggapin malaban pa rin oh. so so yun that, that's that's my that's my that's and my what would be our number 5 
from all of the discussions we have had. Um, well, for me, which is I think what we're already doing, right? There are certain issues where we should put partisanship uh, uh, completely aside. There, there, there should be certain areas where we should be completely post-partisan. So if BBM is doing the right thing on the West Philippine Sea, let's support him as our president. I know he's BBM. You didn't like him. You, he, I don't know, whatever. But there are certain issues where we have to put partisanship be, uh, aside and put the national interest forward. Because if we, which is kind of related to what you were saying around a while ago, it's a self-awareness, eh, an echo chamber. So it's related to number three and four. Eh. But, but for me, I think we have to be very clear about it, that there are certain areas where we have to be bipartisan, if I can put it that way. Although wala naman talagang two parties sa Philippines. I think that's very important. National interest first. Uh, I know this is kind of sounds weird, parang, ano, parang ilustrado era, but it is true. Otherwise, Leloy, kakainin tayo ng buhay na ibang bansa because that's the rhetoric. Nationalist rhetoric in Indonesia, in Vietnam, in India, not only developed countries. Kakainin tayo ng buhay kung wala tayong idea ng national interest. And with the idea of post-partisanship, that it also should, there should be also this sense of audacity and self-confidence. I think it's very, very important. Audacity to learn from the best practices around the world. So essentially, I'm promoting our podcast, right? Nexus. Hmm. We need an opposition which is learning all around the world while being nationalistic, right? Mm -hmm. Grounded in Philippine national interest, but willing to pick up the best practices from all around the world. Yep, I think we completed five-point agenda, just spontaneous. Yeah. Just like that. Richard, in terms of post-partisanship also, it's not just that we can support Marcos on certain things like China. You know, We can actually also support parts of his government na magaling. Kasi, alam mo, uh, maraming magaling dyan. You know, we forget, we, we talk, we, we tend to focus so much on things like, ah, siya pa rin yung Secretary of Agriculture dahil wala siyang mahanap na competent. But don't forget, you know, the DNR Secretary is Tony Yulo Loizaga, di ba? Uh, ang alam ko, Lenny supporter yan, di ba? Na pristine ng academic reputation and pristine also ang, ang, ang honesty. There's a uh, Popolutilia in energy who's who's just been one of our great technocrats and just like an a standout guy who's who's very capacious in his interests and just like one of the most intelligent government officials you'll ever meet, diba? So actually, and then sabi mo Richard the other week, diba si Babe Singson, pwede pumasok. The Babe Singson, one of the favorite cabinet officials of Binigno Aquino the third and one of the one of our great cabinet officials from the Aquino regime who is now helping the the Marcos administration administration on issues of flooding and damming, right? And who might come back at one point as a member of, of, of government. If Babe Singson comes back, you know, as an opposition, you're you're you sh you should just you should be grateful. You shouldn't condemn him for joining the Marcos administration. You should be grateful that one of our great secretaries from the Aquino period is back. Wow. And that very um heartening note i would say I, I love it i think these are a lot of unsung heroes fantastic people there and i think if you really ask them they'll tell you para sa bayan i know people find it sarcastic para sa bayan like joke na lang sige na nga. but but i think deep inside a lot of these people are doing this because they have a sense of national interest at naawa sila sa ating mga kababayan na iba who have been abandoned and have not been taken care of so they're there for those filipino people they're not there for bbm they're not there for lenny they're not there for you and me they're there for the filipino people and that's also why you and I are doing what we're doing. It has been a pleasure and an honor uh, to have this whole series of conversation. I don't know. I think more than uh, 25 episodes so far. So, so um, 
Hopefully, this is just the beginning of a longer conversation, God willing. Uh, Lele, take care of yourself. My Sabbath has started, so I'm going to take a little bit of detox. Your Sabbath. Enjoy. I'm so glad you're doing that. Salamat. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh.